It's impressive that she can do pull-ups. I cannot even do one pull-up. Oh, right. I could maybe do one pull-up. I absolutely cannot I do could not one do, pull-up. I could not do multiple pull-ups. <laughs> yeah, I just can't. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Hour the Hundred podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like rooting anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many things that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is going to be who's your favorite poet or what's your favorite type of poetry since uh, Raven recites a poem this episode. <laughs> I'm actually like guilty pleasure into like those like dinky little uh, aesthetic tumbler like little. Honestly, yeah, same though. Those like little ones you find on Pinterest. I'm like, ugh, so true. Like so deep. Like, uh, um, what's like the, the like, R.A. stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll take that. But I'm also like to redeem myself. I'll also say I, I always love a cheeky Shakespeare. Classic. As someone who went to theater school and did several. Well, I have several. I did two Shakespeare shows. <laughs> I always like a Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dr. Seuss. You just cover all your bases yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm 29 years old and a news writer at Collider. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. I wouldn't say that I'm super well-versed in poetry, to be completely honest. But I do love any, I love romantic poetry, and I love um, any, like, well-paced poem that makes me go, <gasps> like, oh, yeah. What? We just did something there. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that that's my mm-hmm. my criteria. I also think that rap is poetry, so Oh, shout absolutely. Out, shout out to um, my favorite rapper, Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give mine to Megan the Stallion. Yeah. <laughs> Today we have words to say about episode 310 of The 100, Fallen. This episode will contain spoilers for all seven seasons of the show. Yes, and I also wanted to say that there will be a content warning in this episode where we're going to be talking about sexual assault. Uh, you should be good to go for like most of the podcast, but we'll just give you a heads up uh, when we're going to start talking about it. It's going to be at the end of the Polis storyline. And I will put in the description um, the timestamp that you can go to to skip that conversation. I will also will say overall, though, this episode has heavy themes of like loss of consent mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. So if that like super triggers you, just be aware of that or maybe skip this. Listen one. at your own ad- own discretion. Risk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So as far as I can tell for the title, uh, it's just that Abby says that Arcadia has fallen at the end. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that's it. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I mean, and also like. Pretty much all of the good guys are in losing circumstances in this yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, so thoughts from listeners. We actually got an email from uh, Katie, who has sent us in a few things in the past. Um, just some thoughts on last episode. Sure. So Katie said, hi, friends. I'm still very much enjoying the podcast. Thank you for keeping it up, even though it's certainly trying at times. <laughs> thank you for <laughs> thank you for understanding. Yes. <laughs> I have a couple of thoughts and maybe a little bit of information regarding some of the points you brought up in the last podcast. With regards to the group who eschewed ascension, who eschewed... It's a lot of SC words. Eschewed is a... That's a $10 word. Yeah. With regards to the group who eschewed ascension and decided to live out a natural life... This is, at, like, in the finale. Mm-hmm. I always thought that because they chose to die naturally and not live forever as a luminous truffle a tree, that they would be reunited with those who they lost prior to the Ascension. As you mentioned, Octavia would be reuni- reunited with Lincoln, and then Clark with Lexa and or Bellamy, Raven with Shaw, etc. 
This obviously depends on your view of the existence of some form of life after death, but I think that's why I was satisfied with the ending, whereas many others weren't. That's what I choose to believe, and I'm perfectly happy with that. I totally agree with her. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, like, in our finale wrap-up, our ultimate one, and, like, the discussion we had with Selena, Mm -hmm. I think we talked a lot about, like, preferring to believe that those uh, people who had either died before the finale or before season seven and chose not to ascend in the finale, would go to some kind of afterlife. Like, that makes me very happy. But I remember being extremely angry and am still extremely angry about it now because in interviews immediately following the finale, Jason said that they don't. Yeah. And um, basically, we don't listen to him anyway, so I'm with you. So true. We make our own canon, and it's whatever we want, you know? Yeah. Like, John Green always says, as soon as I'm finished the book and you're reading it, it doesn't matter what I think. Exactly. You know, it doesn't matter what I think happened. I respect that man. It's part of your, like, it's up to you now. Yeah. You're the listener, so, or like, you're the reader, you're the person who consumed the piece of media, and now it's up to you to decide how you feel and what you think happened. And there are a million different versions of what that could be. Yeah. Uh, okay, Katie, back to Katie's email. I realized I've read too much fanfic when I began mentally arguing with you both about how they never explained the whole when, how do they take Nightblood children from their families because I've read it so many times in different <laughs> fanfics. I think it's pretty much fanon by now that Lex's last name is Woods. Yes. Um, like that, is, it's basically canon in my head. I agree. Yeah, so fair. Uh, that's why I like sometimes can't read fanfiction, especially if something is, like, still on and I have to podcast mm. about it, because I'm like, I'm gonna get confused. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, give me all all the fanfiction you have. have. Yeah. <laughs> as horrible, brutal, and graphic as Lincoln's death was, killing an adult- Wait, does Katie say at all how uh, it's done in fanfic? No. <laughs> Katie, please tell me, I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> as horrible, brutal, and graphic as Lincoln's death was, killing an adult warrior on screen is on a very different level than showing the decapitated bodies or bodiless heads of young children. There's something of an unwritten rule in media that you don't just that you just don't kill the child. Oh, for sure. This has been eased over the last 20 years or so, but it's still an anomaly. Sorry. <laughs> Good. <laughs> when children are killed on TV and in movies. Being the odd individual I am, uh, it was precisely the death of Charlotte in season one that got me really hooked into this show because that's just something <laughs> that really isn't done on television. It made me realize that this isn't the usual teeny bopper CW show. It was dark and I liked it. I agree with that, but what I liked about Charlotte's death was that she just jumped into oblivion and we didn't get to see anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they do that as well with, like, she's referring to Aiden and such at the beginning of the last episode. Yeah, that's totally fair. I still hate the way that they did Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. If I were to have a segment on the show, it would probably be how medically accurate was the episode. (laughs) When it comes to knocking people out, it doesn't happen like it does in the movies or TV. There are very few, if any, drugs that work that quickly, especially when it's not being given intravenous. Intravenously. Intravenously. It's also a very precise calculation, taking into consideration body mass, age, mm-hmm. and general health. You don't want to give a kidney toxic medication to a person with bad kidneys. Too little medication and it won't do anything. Too much and it can kill you, which would be respiratory arrest usually. And then there's the question as to whether they're giving a sedative, which knocks you unconscious, or a paralytic, which paralyzes you but doesn't knock you out. Very different medications that need very different doses and last different amounts of time. So pretty much any scene you've ever seen where a person gets knocked out with a spray or a jab in the butt is very unrealistic. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint everyone. Also, like, wouldn't body mass also mm-hmm. affect... Oh, okay. Wouldn't body mass, like, also affect how long a person is out, especially yes. if uh, they're given... Like, if... Theoretically, if people of several different body masses are given the same dose, like, people who have a higher body mass would be out less time Mm -hmm. than someone who is, like, 
And, I mean, I have complaints even specifically in this episode with the amount of times that the Reaper sticks are used. Oh, yeah. The amount of times since season two that they get used is egregious. Recently on Riverdale, they started doing this thing, or at least maybe they just did at the end of season five, I don't know. But every single transition in one of the episodes, every single one, and it didn't really seem like it was like a cute little themed (laughs) thing that they were doing. Every scene, the transition was getting a phone call from the next person (laughs) who was going to have the scene, you know? It was like every single scene had a phone call in it. And I was like, why are we using phone calls so much? Like when it's like a little kitschy thing, then like I get it, but it didn't seem like it was. That's what this reminds me of. We're using Mm -hmm. the Reaper stick. It's like, oh man, how do we transition to the next scene? Uh, I guess we just get a call. Or like, I guess we just get a call from the next person. That's basically exactly what they were doing. They were like, we need to transport this person against their will to this place. Where should, how should we do it? Stab them. Reaper stick. Also, like, at some point, aren't you going to run out of those? Like, where 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 did you even get them in the first place? Like, I think Abby, like, invents them or whatever Mm -hmm. for whatever (laughs) fixing the reapers but like whatever um so (laughs) lastly katie said a political thought maybe this is because i'm from the united states so perhaps sam could uh could comment perhaps but it's always been creepy to me how similar the character of charles pike is to former u.s president donald trump oh completely agree i think it's intentional both were elected while using the platforms of xenophobia, social selfish- selfishness, aka only my people, my country matter, and rampant nationalism. Watching season three and living through t- Trump's campaign and 2016 election was rough. Yep. It was also weirdly prophetic since that storyline was written well before the 2016 election. It has made it very hard for me to have any sympathy for Pike, but I'm trying and distance is helping. As always, thank you for doing what you do, Katie. I do think that it is partially intentional because the um, every election ha- ramps up for over a year. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted to say something? Um, Jason Rothenberg did once say that he was basically Trump. So, like, it, 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 he didn't hide it at all. That yeah. hurts um, my- That made a black man Trump. Got it. Yeah, yeah, and that makes me really mad because they try and humanize him. They try and, like, give us reason to, like, maybe see his side. And I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. And, like- while I like that about the Pike storyline, knowing that was, like, the intention and, like, what it was based off of, just it's gross. It it reminds me of every other time The 100 has tried to comment on, like, social issues and, like, just be relevant mm-hmm. to, to political issues like that, which is where, on the surface, it looks like they're agreeing with, like, the the correct majority opinion Mm -hmm. which like can an opinion be correct whatever Um, if it's my opinion it is (laughs) but when you the longer you look at it the more you see that jason is ultimately like let me just play devil's advocate here and i'm like the devil doesn't need your advocacy (laughs) yeah exactly yeah it's like you know you look at sci-fi shows and you're mm-hmm. like, sci-fi isn't about politics and everything. But then sometimes then you see a sci-fi show do politics so well. Most sci-fi shows are about politics. It's just like when I see this sci-fi show, I'm like, you don't need yeah. to do this. No, you know? you, like, this that, is not for that's you. That's what I'm saying. No, no, like, I see what you mean now. Like, I was just like, hang on. Good sci-fi. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying is that like, there are so many sci-fi shows that do it right and in a really yes, cool absolutely, way. absolutely, yes. Because you're like, we're so far removed from where we should be, like where politics and where, you know, real life feels mm-hmm. that like, then you see that and you're like, ah, and yes, it's like symbolism, the metaphor, yes, I see It's an allegory it, you know? with like a lot more nuance. Yeah. 
But then sometimes when it's just like not done well, I'm like, you're sci-fi. You did not need to do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but that is, that was Katie's email. Thank you very much for sending us an email. Uh, our email is aficionatospodcast at gmail.com. We always love to hear from you. So thank you guys so much. Yeah. Quickly before we get into the discussion, one of the fun facts that I grabbed from the 100 Wiki is that this is actually the shortest episode of the entire series. It's only like 39 some minutes long, and it was apparently the shortest episode. And yet it still manages to make my top <laughs> 10 ones I hate. Yeah. So, Like, we, that being said, yeah. there's some great acting in this episode, but also, I hate it. Yeah. Sorry for the garbage trucks in downtown Vancouver. It's hot in our apartment today, and um, I don't want to close the window. Yeah. So, thank you. Ambiance. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like... Oh, I don't know. It's like, we're not very professional. But I'm also like, I think people listen to this podcast knowing that we don't have a studio and we're <laughs> yeah. just like in our living room. And I think that's part of the appeal. Robin, that's hysterical. I think it's true. <laughs> so we split this episode into three storylines. Um, Polis, Bellamy, and Pike and all that. And then the, the City woods. of Light. Yeah, the woods. So we are going to start with Polis like we usually do. And I did the summary for that. City of Light is also Arcadia still at this point, just yes. for clarification. Yeah. <laughs> Murphy is chained up in Lex's room with Ontari. I still call it Lex's room, even though it's It is Ontari's Lex's room. room now, it's, Lex's it's Lex's room. room. The ambassadors are asking Ontari to recite the names of all the previous commanders, but she's been stalling because she doesn't know them due to not having the flames <laughs> Ontari wants to resort to murder, but Murphy teaches her to lie and manipulate her way out of this. They go to the temple to see if the lineage is there anywhere, but it isn't. They concoct a plan to fake it. Later, Murphy brings the ambassador to see Antari, who says she doesn't have to do anything because she's the commander. The dude isn't taking it, so she gouges out his eyes with her own thumbs. Yikes. And everyone takes her seriously now. At the end of the day, she goes back to her room and Murphy gets chained up again, which he doesn't think is fair. Antari takes off her clothes and forces Murphy to sleep with her, even when he says he has a girlfriend. Yuck. Yikes. So we'll talk about that, um... Uh, once we get to the end there, because uh, I want to be able to give a content warning so that people can skip. So I sure. don't really want to like sprinkle it in as much. Yeah, that's okay. fine. So Murphy's chained up and he's like, hey, uh, how long do I got to do this for? And she's like, well, Roan said I have to watch you. And he's like, this is the 50th floor. I, what you want me to? Am Where I do you think jump? I'm going? Like, what, what am I going to do? Here? I'm like, just post a guard at the door. Like, yeah. I mean, he's slippery. He could yeah, figure it out. Yeah, it's true. He, well, he's fully manipulating, being like, well, what am I going to do, Antari? I, I can't get off the 50th floor. <laughs> Meanwhile, fully has a plan to just, like, yeah. fireman pole swing down 50 floors. <laughs> fully, yeah. He's like, I have a grappling hook, and I'm getting down here I have somehow. six escape methods that yeah. I've already run through. Yeah. So they're, instead of in the room that Lexa died in, which was Clark's room, now Murphy is in Lexa's room, which is the commander's bedroom. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why they're in there. Get out of um, here. This is sacrilege. And he's like, well, a real commander, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I am a real commander. <laughs> no, you're not, bestie. <laughs> um, I have lots of thoughts on Antari this episode. So he's fully manipulating her. Um, this reminds me of, like, in Lost, the way that Ben talks to Locke. Uh-huh. Like, in such a calm manner. Oh, but yeah. But saying things that he knows will get under his skin. <laughs> I just think that's great. Yeah. So, an ambassador comes in and they're like, hey, we want to do the speaking of the names, but you keep, like, stalling? Is there, like, a <laughs> problem? I don't really know. And Montari's, like, straight up just gonna murder him. She, like, reaches for her sword so obviously. If I was the ambassador, I'd be like, whoa, but he just stands there. Yeah. I'd be I'm, like, um, excuse me? And Murphy's just like, can you not? Murphy's just, like, I have seen so much murder. I do not need any more today. Also, like, I guess it makes sense because, like, she's been trained to yeah. be an assassin, like, her whole life. Yeah. 
But, Bestie, you can't just kill everyone who disagrees with you. Like, did did Queen Naya not teach you any political yeah. nuance? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make them agree with you. No. It just makes them dead. Yeah. So, not helpful. And the next guy that walks in the room, you can't just kill every guy that walks in the room. If I was her, I'd be like, this is my room. I don't want to get blood all over my room. Yeah. Now my room's going to be haunted. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so Murphy's like, oh, it's fine. She'll be ready soon. Um, and the guy's like, why are you in chains? And Murphy's like, I wish I knew. <laughs> I do not know. So Murphy's like, well, T- Titus left and-, and went to get more officiates. And he's like... Oh, there's scouts that do that. And he's like, well, they last time they sucked. So Titus <laughs> went and, and did that by himself. He said there are a bunch of idiots. So he's the one that's handling it. Don't so worry about it. What do you think they did with Titus's body so that no one knows he's dead? Because he was in that bathtub. I assume like Roan did something with it. But I'm like, isn't he like dripping <laughs> like the Ugh. evidence? Burn it. I don't know, man. Yeah. So basically they're like, okay, so they they leave, and Murphy's like, hey, listen, lady, it's better to, like, just lie than, like, murder people. Mm-hmm. You can't just kill your ambassadors because no one will like you or follow you. Yep. It doesn't make any sense. So she's explaining that she's supposed to recite the name of all the past commanders, but she doesn't know them because she doesn't have the flame, so he's like, okay, I'll help you, but you have to take off my, my chains. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. I feel like I've always felt this way, <laughs> but on Tari's makeup, like, her scars, yeah. they're bad. I, I'm, it looks like instead of like the, like they clearly used scar wax for this, mm-hmm. which is a, which is an FX makeup that you can do. That's like good and, yeah. and works very yeah. well. It's just that when I look at Roan's, I'm like, that's a scar. And when and I like, look at Antares, it looks like they rolled up paper. Uh, Play-Doh between their hands and then just stuck it on there a little bit. Yeah. You like, know? I think that Indra's also looks, like, way better than Antares, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, I don't know, it's weird. I think that it works better on her forehead to me than mm-hmm. it does on her cheeks, because, and I think maybe this is uh, just Rhiannon's face. She has, like, a very soft, like, round, rosy face. Yeah. That maybe that makes it more difficult to make it look like it's mm-hmm. been scarred, but In I the don't words- know. Of Brittany Ray. <laughs> hey, that's me! Antari, Rhiannon has the face that looks like she knows what TikTok is. Mm-hmm. Mm, so true. <laughs> I stole that from someone, but I don't know who it was, so it's mine now. Okay. <laughs> so they go into the temple, um, and we see, like, the Seek Higher Things motto, and Murphy's commenting on how, like, the first commander was seeking higher things and, like, went up to space. Haha, <laughs> that's so much higher than you even expect. <laughs> and um, Antari doesn't get it, uh, and he's like... <laughs> He's like, Amori would have gotten that joke, but whatever. Yeah, because... Amori would have thought it was funny, but... (laughs) Amori is an intellectual. Yeah. So she's like, well, you said that the commander's names would be here. And he was like, I literally was like, where could they possibly be? This was the only place I thought of. I didn't... Right. I didn't say that they would be here. I don't know any other places than this. I didn't see them here when I was I've been in, like, three rooms in this town. And she's like, oh my god, you were just guessing? Now I have to kill all the ambassadors. And he's like, (laughs) stop jumping to that. No, you don't. You don't have to. (laughs) And so she's, like, you know, telling him, like, I was stolen as a baby. I was raised in the cruelty of the Ice Queen. I'm finally here doing the thing that I was, like, born to do, that I trained to do, and no one can judge me. Here's the thing. I honestly think that Antari could have been, like, a really interesting character with some really interesting development and, like, maybe somebody that we saw the soft underbelly of and, like, maybe some redemption. But this is, like, the best that we get, and then she dies? Yeah. Yeah. Like... I feel like a lot of the hundred suffers from potential loss. Yeah. yeah. Like with Antari, like she had, there's great potential for this character. And then 
but you just get surface level kind of okay writing mm-hmm. and then she's gone. Yeah. So. I really just feel like she could have been redeemed, but I also have a hard time forgiving her when she kills children in their sleep and, like, sexually assaults people. Like, I don't know if she could have ultimately, like, been completely redeemed, but mm-hmm. it, a, a redemption arc where she, like, does sort of repent for those actions yeah. could have been interesting. I just, I felt the same way about Octavia and they yeah. somehow did it, you know? It's just like- I also just have a lot more sympathy for Octavia yes. than I do for Antari. Antari, though their lives are not all that dissimilar. Yeah. So- I just feel like I this- do see what you mean. This scene where she's like talking about her life and how like hard she's worked and I'm just like, well, tell me more about that though. Mm-hmm. You know, like I really feel like Rhiannon is quite talented and so yeah. I'd like to, I would have liked to see more of her. So Murphy's like, you and Rowan are going about this wrong. Like you're hiding and the longer you do that, the more likely they won't believe what's going on. Cause they're mm-hmm. like, if you do have the flame, it makes no sense that you would be stalling like this. Exactly. So he's like, let's be fakes together. And we're going to sell this. Sure. I'm so mad because if it weren't for like that scene later, Mm -hmm. I probably could have shipped this. Yeah. And I mean. They have chemistry. Obviously, because Richard and Rhiannon are together. Like still, I think. Right? Yeah. As far as I understand. Yeah. So they definitely have a natural chemistry. But like because of the writing, I'm just like. Yeah. Yeah. So in the next scene, um, Antari is pretending to pray, but she's actually just like thinking about the script that she's about to say, um, which I assume that Murphy, Murphy maybe wrote for her. And so Murphy comes in with the ambassador and is like interrupting and she's like, how dare you? And he's like, I'm so sorry. The ambassador wants to see you. And the ambassador's like, oh, listen, I, I wanted to see you in the throne room, not here. So uh, like, that's not on me. Uh, I didn't want to come here. That was so weird. I just said that I wanted to see you and this is where you happen to be. Sorry. Um, but then he calls her Antari and not Hedda. And so she's like, that's not my name. <laughs> so she's like, I bet you want to hear the lineage. And he's like, yeah, it's the same thing I've been asking for. I sure would, bestie. For like two days. Can you she's just like, do it already? Well, I don't want to. And he's like, okay, okay. well, you can't, you can't be Hedda until she's like, I already am Hedda. And you all have to listen to me. And they're like, yeah, we'll listen to you after you say the freaking names, bro. (laughs) And he's like, you can't intimidate me about this. She's like, okay. So she gouges out his eyes with her fingers. Like, honestly, her approach from the beginning should have just been to, like, she didn't come by the Hedda ship by traditional means. So why would she continue carrying on their traditions? Yeah. So she should have just been like, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. And, like, moved on. It's like in Hamilton where they're, like... Not, like, I'll do it later. Like, <laughs> yeah, just don't do it. Just stay in your ground. Make it's, a decision. It's <laughs> like when they're, like, whoa, it's crazy Aaron Burr's gonna be your vice president because he came in second and Jefferson's, like, I'm the president and I get to decide that that's not happening. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, like, that sounds kind of neat, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Murphy's, like, hey, uh, I thought we had a deal. And she's, like, well, I didn't kill him. You said, no, don't kill him. I didn't. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't remember, I can't imagine feeling someone's eyeballs pop under your fingers. Ugh, pass. That makes my eyeballs hurt. But I guess she decapitated children, so she's not squeamish or anything. For sure. So, um, Antari, I guess, has had to BS her way through a bunch of meetings, and now she's tired, so she's like, bring me wine, and I'm like, well, when you get back, your wine, when we come back with your (laughs) wine, you're gonna be a little busy, so do do you really want it? Right. So, she's gonna chain Murphy up again, and he's like, what the heck, I thought we were friends, and she's like, let me know when Rowan comes back. (laughs) Uh, Murphy's like, um, seriously? And she's like, yeah, I still don't trust you. Sorry I'm zooming past this, but like, this 
this storyline is very surface, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. Yeah. Um, and he's like, okay, well, to be honest, that kind of hurts my feelings. So this is where we're gonna um, go into the sexual assault conversation. If you want to skip it, for sure, please do. Um, and there's going to be a timestamp in the description of when you can join back in with uh, the pod. So just skip forward to that. Yep. Cool. So Antari is like, I'm going to get naked now. And like I said last episode, the confidence. Yeah. Um, great. But what we do need to do is understand that no means no. Yeah. Like, it's not... No, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's already assault yeah. just by getting naked in front of someone. Like, even if you sort of think that they're maybe into it, you mm-hmm. still don't just whip your boobs out. <laughs> like, the opposite version of just whip it out. Yeah. It's gross. So she's like, oh, are your feelings still hurt? And he's like, mm, I feel a little bit better. And I'm like, okay. Because like, he's, he's like, literally sure, maybe, up. maybe he doesn't mind seeing a boob here and yeah. there. But he's not interested in anything else. It's not like he's moving forward to come and kiss you. No. You know? He's literally chained up. Yeah. Disgusting. So he's like, okay, hold on, wait. Because she's like about to unbutton her pants. And he's like, okay, hold on, sorry. Like, I have a girlfriend and I just needed to say that. So I am actually going to say no. Love to. Can't. Yeah. And she goes, oh, well, she is she an authority figure? So basically, yeah. if you don't do this, I'll kill you. Yeah. Who's like, oh, does she have the power to just have you killed immediately? Because yeah. I do. Because I do. I'll murder you if you don't. Like, that's so... <laughs> it's bad. It's literally coercion. It's literally... Oh, gross. So she, like, starts pulling him forward, and he admits that he's only doing this so that she doesn't kill him. Yes. And, like, is he saying it like, oh, ha, ha, and it, that's because they're trying to disguise the fact that this is rape. Yes. Brittany said that, you know... We were, when we were podcasting about this, that we had, like, said that it was rape and that a lot of people disagreed. Yeah. I simply do not recall that time. (laughs) Um, But I don't really see how people can see it in any other way. Oh, I definitely remember people arguing that it was, like, absolutely consensual and that Murphy Mm -hmm. was having a good time. Like, I remember people getting, like, actively mad at Mm -hmm. anyone who called it assault. And I'm just sitting here like, but it is. Like, but maybe, maybe he doesn't go, like, after saying, I, I have a girlfriend, she pulls him forward. It's not like he's like, I said I have a girlfriend, stop. It's not like he's saying, no, no, no. It's still dubious it's, consent. If it's not way. enthusiastic consent, it's not right. Yeah. It's, it's very much dubious consent. And, like, even if, like, Richard is playing it charming and, like, the line comes off sort of jokey, it's still dubious consent. Like, mm-hmm. even at the lightest version of it, he's still been pressured into it. If she hadn't forced him into it, he wouldn't have done it. Yeah. And that's the bottom line, I feel like. exactly. And this sort of like, you know, we already have like this whole coerced consent storyline in the Arcadia thing. And so it's like they're trying to draw parallels between Mm -hmm. these storylines of like consent and everything. And I'm like, it was already gross in the Arcadia storyline where it's like, "Mm, this kind of feels like a, like an assault sort of like feeling back when they, when they talked about it before. And they were like, how do we draw a parallel to that actual sexual assault? Yeah. What? And like they even, you can't have even like implied sexual assault, which is what this is, and get away with being like, oh, it's not sexual assault. When you have it in a, like, the same episode as a storyline where you literally say, we have to take away their consent. Mm -hmm. 
especially, and, and this is extra gross because, um, we have seen them previously, cause I'm gonna for some reason keep bringing up this like weird Emerson <laughs> scene where he's like all chained up and you can, and you can like, you, you've seen them in the lens of the show think that being all chained up is sexy. Yep. Right? So mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're calling this kinky. Yep. That's what they're calling it. Mm-hmm. They're like subtextually, obviously, mm-hmm. but it is, that's what they're saying. Um, I I just don't want to see another assault storyline or rape storyline in a show that isn't, like, written from a place of, like, I don't know, someone who's been through that, like, cathartically telling a story or something like that. Because, like, um, I just, I really don't need another powerful white man just writing a story about someone getting raped. Like, it's, it's gross. Yeah. So, uh, I am firmly on the stance that it was sexual assault. I agree with you. And uh, I'm not really interested in hearing arguments against it. Um, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't like it. So if you skipped that uh, storyline, we're back. Hello, welcome back. Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's the greeting yeah. I chose, but... um. You made it yeah. through to the other side. So that's the storyline. Uh, splitting them into three storylines, as well as it being the shortest episode, uh, means that all three of these storylines are pretty short. Yep. So now we're doing the Bellamy storyline, or like, wh- what did you call them? The woods? <laughs> yeah, the people in the woods. Yeah. Uh, and then I did the, the dropship, I guess, maybe even? Yeah, I think that like- they're there for a little bit. The insurgency. <laughs> so I did the summary for this one as well. This We've escaped, but no, we haven't. Yeah. <laughs> Bellamy's like, I'm trying to be redeemed, and we're like, we'll see. <laughs> Bellamy watches while all of the people who escaped Arcadia come into the cave. He asks where Lincoln is, and O tells him. She starts beating him up. People try to stop her, but Bellamy lets her do it. She says he's dead to her. In Arcadia, Hannah tells Monty that Pike knows what he did and to run away. Inside the cave, they all discuss their plan. Everything comes down to getting rid of Pike and then things should be better. Monty calls on the radio and says he needs help. Kane is going to go get him from the dropship. Octavia comes with because she's hoping it's a trap so she can kill Pike. They bring Bellamy to trade for Monty. They get there and it was a trap. Monty was being followed. It culminates in Bellamy telling Pike where everyone else is and offering to take him there. On their way, Pike reveals that Hannah purposefully led Monty astray. They get to the blockade line and Bellamy turns on Pike, handing him over to the grounders. They show up and take him. Kane asks if he can come too and they say yes, but don't cramp our style, Kane. (laughs) That's it. Yep. So Bellamy in the cave is watching person by person and he's like, hey, where's Lincoln? And Octavia's like, wow, cool. Literally the first thing you ask. This is the first thing I have to hear about right after watching him die. Cool. Yeah. Thanks so much. So she's like, I, I was ready for this. Pike killed him. And he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And like, I completely understand why she's like enraged by this because it was partially significantly your fault that he's dead now. And you know how much I loved him. Mm -hmm. It's bad. Like, the three people that Octavia loved the most, Lincoln, Bellamy, Indra. Yep. Bellamy saved Indra, but when but Lincoln like, needed saving- But, actively put in work to endanger Lincoln yeah. for a significant amount of time, mm-hmm. and then created the circumstance in which Lincoln was killed. Yeah. Okay. So he's like, oh my god, so sorry. And she's like, starts hitting him. Kane tries to stop, but Bellamy's like, fine with it. And then Miller tries to, but Bellamy is, I guess, punishing himself. Bellamy's like, this is how we need to work this out. And he's, he's basically punishing himself. And like, I also think he's also very sad about Mm -hmm. Lincoln because he 
liked him as well. Yeah. With siblings, there's a level of, like, this is how we work this out and Mm -hmm. I need to let her do this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But again, I also remember a lot of people getting, like, super, super mad that Octavia was shown, like, taking this out on him like Mm -hmm. that. And, like, to an extent with, like, the visual gratuitousness of it. I get that. But I also understand Octavia's position in, like, being full of rage, like yeah. you said. And everyone's, like, looking away because it's hard to watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. no kidding. And there's part of me that's like, if you want to punish yourself, then I guess it's up to you if you want to keep getting punched in the face. Right. But also, and I know this is a TV show and Bob Morley needs to, like, look beautiful so they're not going to do this, but I'm like, if you keep getting punched in the face, like, that hard, that much... There's going to be some actual, like, foundational problems with the with the structure of your face if you keep doing that. Yeah. So also be careful about that because, like, getting hit in the face, in the head, that many times, that hard, in such a small amount, like, she could have killed him, actually. Yeah. She also, like, like you said, he needs to be beautiful or whatever for the show. Yeah. Because we're on the CW. Yeah. But yeah, like, and he does get pretty bloody, but there should be a lot more bruising, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like, later when we see him and he's, like, kind of cleaned up and stuff, I'm mm-hmm. like, there's... Not enough cuts. Yeah. You know, he should be swollen as mm-hmm. well. Um, and so she says that he's dead to her. Can't blame her. Yeah. Can't blame her. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, back in Arcadia, Hannah approaches Monty. Pike knows that Monty betrayed them, so you need to run. And then she's like, smile like I made a joke. I think it's Donna Yamamoto who plays, I'm pretty sure it's Donna, who plays Hannah. And she's so good in this scene. Oh, yeah. Which makes me hurt even more the fact that she, like, knew what she was doing. Yeah. I think it's so funny this moment where she's like, haha, smile like I made a joke. And she, like, does a pretty good job. And Monty does the most half-assed smile I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Like, that was weak. Yeah. Yeah. It... Yeah, he's I don't like, know. Uh, uh. <laughs> he's like, okay, <laughs> sure. Monty's not a good actor. Yeah. Chris uh, is a great Chris actor. Chris is a great actor, but, but Monty's, Monty's not. not. But yeah, she does a really, really good job yeah. um, in all her scenes, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I would agree. I think, you know, some of the things that I've been saying on the Lost podcast recently is that, like, it's harder to play, to, like, be a good actor mm-hmm. and play a character that's a bad actor. Yeah. You know? So I think he does a, does a really good job, Chris. Does. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been thinking about the, a similar concept because of Moonfall. Mm. Uh, cause they make Patrick sing really badly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, I guess the same would apply to acting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So he's like, um, were you the one who, like, ratted me out? And she says, I can't lose both. She's basically like, I can't lose both my husband and son. First of all, you did not answer the question. (laughs) But also she says, both of the men I love. If I was Monty, I'd be like, "Mm, so you admit you don't love Pike. Or do they, does that leave the the door open because she betrays him also right to be like "Mm, i love pike more than you right exactly like i'm like that's your son yeah because like she seems like like he says are you the one that told him and it seems like she that the answer is no but like who else would know that information yeah and she also doesn't answer the question directly so and then later we see that it's true but if i was monty i'd be like so yes Mm-hmm. So he asks if she can hug, if he can hug her, and she's like, no, because it will look like goodbye, so he goes. If you're gonna, like, cry about this, maybe we, like, consider that Pike isn't the best guy, Hannah. Like, maybe we consider yeah. that, like, if he's making you do all these bad things, if he's, like, planning on hurting your son, maybe he's not the best. Yeah, maybe he's not worth following. Man, what happens to her is just so tragic, yeah. because, like, the next time we see her after this episode mm-hmm. is... She's under the key, too. And yeah. Then, Yikes. Yeah. Ugh. I'm just like, Brian saw the light so easily. Yeah. And I 
I feel like possibly, though, Hannah bought more into it because she personally lost someone, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. like, extremely close to her. So she would have been further into Pike's sort of agenda and, like, belief system than Brian would have been. So yeah. it would have been harder for her to get out, I understand. But it also just makes me sad to see that, like, it's sort of implied that even though she's torn, she ultimately decided with Pike. Yeah. So speaking of Brian, um, they go to the next to the next scene. Brian wants to have like patrols at all times, and Kane's like, "Sure, but like it should be fine. We're really far out." Well, Pike is out here looking for us, ready. So maybe it's like better to be safe than sorry. Where does Pike think that Bellamy is? Because like he doesn't know that he switched. He's, yeah, sides. he doesn't know that he's. Uh, yeah, that's another thing that they just like breezed over, like mm-hmm. Abby not being in the in three hundred eight. Yeah, like it's just like eh. Yeah, and then, he sees him later and is just like, like, oh, hey, Bellamy. Like, maybe he did assume that he was captured by the enemy? I don't know. But Like, like does he still think that Bellamy's on his side? He doesn't, right? Like, I don't when think they meet so. back up? Well, he's like, you have to prove to me that you're on our side. Right, right, um, right. Yeah. So may- I guess he just assumes that he was kidnapped. Yeah. So yeah, Kane's basically like, we'll be fine here as long as we just stay on the right side of the blockade line. And Brian's like, well, you think the grounders are gonna like obey the rules? And I'm like, sir, that's the Pike, <laughs> that's the Pike supporter <laughs> that's, yeah. you're talking, please. And Miller's like, mm, let's murder Pike. And, and I'm like, all right. Harper's like, yeah, like all of our problems would be solved. And Kane's like, okay. And then we just join the coalition again. Seems like all of our problems would be solved if we just killed Pike. We should totally just stab Caesar. Yeah. Let's just stab him. He looks stabbable. Yeah. Yeah. So Sinclair's like, well, Lexa was cool with that, but Bellamy says that Lexa's dead. So that's like not great. And Kane's like, I don't want to think about that right now. Kane's like, you what? We have enough problems. That was my ally, bestie. Yeah. yeah. So then Miller brings up Clark and worrying that she would not be safe in Polis, um, which is sweet. I didn't think Miller and Clark were friends, but yeah. okay. And then Octavia's like, I don't care. Clark made her choice. And I'm like, yeah, that's Octavia. <laughs> I do think like a lot of people also just like generally believe in and support Clark because of like the way that she saved them mm-hmm. multiple times. And then like through season four, you see that trust and like belief in her start to like crumble for the rest of, of the show. Clark. Yeah. Yeah. So Kane says Clark will be fine because she's going to be safe again once they join the coalition. Then we hear Monty on the radio saying that he needs help, uh, but they're worried that Pike is listening because the same thing has already happened to them in the past. Mm -hmm. So Monty did a code to go to a different channel that Bellamy explains. He's going to go to the dropship. Kane's going to bring him there. And they're like, what if Pike is waiting when we get there? Kane's like, yeah, probably. Which is why I'm going to go by myself because I don't want to lead everybody into a giant trap. Correct. Octavia and Miller both want to go too. Miller for, like, Octavia (laughs) gets to go, but Miller doesn't. Yeah. And, And like, I understand, honestly, both of them because they've been working with Kane in secret for so long. Yeah. And they're all, like, joined together in this cause. Mm -hmm. And so Octavia's like, well, if you don't want me to come, you're going to have to murder me. And Miller's like, I don't feel that strongly about it. I'll go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Bellamy says, Bellamy correctly uh, reads his sister and says that she wants it to be a trap so that she can kill Pike. Mm -hmm. Um, And later she gets her wish. Good for her, honestly. And she's like, Bellamy's coming too because we're going to trade him for Monty because you are dead to me and <laughs> I don't care about you at all and but I do care about Monty because he helped yep. us once. So Kane's like okay and Miller's like wait really? And Kane's like yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. He's like I'm not gonna try and kill any of you. Like what? What? No. So Kane, Octavia and Bellamy show up to the dropship and they're like hello Monty and they're like oh he didn't answer. We must have got here first <laughs> and Octavia Weird. 
immediately is like, no, they're no. they're here. So Pike, and I'm like, could you guys use a single brain cell? Like, yeah. it's not difficult. Like, you should all be on Octavia's level. Yeah. Right now. And so Pike follows Monty out uh, with a gun to him because at first, I think the first time I watched it, slash, like when I was rewatching it for the first time, doing my notes, I was like, oh crap, did Monty betray them? Betray them? And then like it's very clear seeing that Pike has a gun to Monty that Monty's mm-hmm. clearly still on their side. So I think that yeah. that's very clear, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And Monty's like, I'm so sorry he followed me. Like, I should have been better or something. I don't know. Like, right now, he just thinks, like, it's so crazy that they knew where I was going to be and how I was going to get out and everything. And then later he learns, obviously, that Hannah said basically exactly when he was leaving and yep and how. Which sucks. Girl, at that point, you are so canceled. <laughs> I would be like, <laughs> I would have a hard time forgiving her after that. I think that that's... Like, I think that Monty does have a hard time forgiving her, mm-hmm. and then he has to kill her. Yeah, and then he, so, he doesn't really have the opportunity to wake they, up with her at all. Yeah, they don't ever get to resolve that, mm-hmm. which just adds another layer of sadness to Monty's story with his mom. And potential. Yeah. And lost more, potential, yeah. That was more that, there was more that could be done there. Mm-hmm. So Octavia tells Kane to shoot, but Monty's in the shot, so he can't. Pike promised not to hurt Monty if Hannah could get him to lead them to his friends. And like I said- In Polis. Or- Pike, Oh, just the rest of them? Just the rest of them, oh, like yeah, the, yeah, the rest yeah. of the insur- insurgency. I would be, like I said, so hurt by this. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, what am I, a prop? Yeah. What am I, a, a tool to be You're used? You're just being used, yeah. Mom? <laughs> Like, I'd be like, what? So, like, I'd be like, my mom used me for an agenda, Mm -hmm. for a political agenda that I don't believe in. Yep. That sucks. So Kane, because he's Kane, chooses to put down his weapon to save Monty. Of course. Octavia's not into it. So Octavia chooses to threaten Bellamy instead. And Bellamy's fine with it until Pike says, let's shoot Octavia. They're just going to put it in her leg, but even that, Bellamy decides to act out to save Octavia. Mm-hmm. Well, and honestly, I think that any threat against Octavia, he he's in the red with Octavia mm-hmm. now, so he has to put in, like, active work to make it up to her, yeah. and, like, saving the life, her life or even just her leg is the least he can do. Yeah, that's true. So Be- Pike comes up, says Bellamy has five seconds to prove that they're still allies, And Bellamy tells him where everyone else is. And I remember just being like, wow. Like, Mm -hmm. not knowing what his plan was. Yeah. Being like, dude. Dude, seriously? Mm -hmm. Like, how many times do we flip-flop with this? And I think that's like- Who am I supposed to believe? That is one of the more nuanced parts of the writing of this episode. Is, like, them depending on you- Having lost enough faith in Bellamy to not know which side he's on at this point Mm -hmm. and believe that maybe he has betrayed them. And I fully did. I fully was just like, wow, seriously? Mm -hmm. When will we ever be able to trust you again? And it's also like a clever plan on his part because like he has to provide real information to convince Pike that he like to prove it yeah it's very while also just like immediately being able to like ultimately use that piece of information that you've provided that is true to pull one over on him right later and i think that probably like where they are in that cave is actually pretty close to where he led them to yeah so that it's like it was so close to the truth that Mm -hmm. it was a really easy lie to tell yeah so Octavia is absolutely horrified by this. She's like, after everything. Mm-hmm. She still. bought it too. <laughs> yeah. She's like, still? 
You're still with Pike. Okay. So then she gets shock lashed and he's like, I don't have the coordinates, but I can take you there. Mm-hmm. Even if he had the coordinates, his plan is like, I'm going to take you there. Mm-hmm. So they're walking and they're like, uh, are you sure we're in the right place? Like, this is really close to the blockade line. And Bellamy's like, yeah. This is um, so weird. That's why Kane put it here. Cause like, he didn't think that we'd like, come out here this far, and Pike's like, huh, well, Kane was wrong. <laughs> I love when Kane's wrong. Kane's an idiot. <laughs> and Man, Bellamy's like, Kane, sure. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and Kane's like, literally like, gagged in handcuffs and is like, hey. Mm-hmm. So Bellamy's like, hey, listen, what's gonna happen with my sister? Yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna give you the same deal as I gave Monty's mom, which is that she can be excused from everything that she's already done, but she can't screw up again, because then we're actually gonna give her, like, punishments and stuff. He's like, She's not going to do it. My sister, my responsibility. Mm -hmm. This is kind of stupid on Pike's part, Mm -hmm. like, as a leader. Yeah. Especially the kind of leader that he is, which is just, you know, fascist. He's he's basically at, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, or, you know, 17 times at this point between Bellamy and Hannah. I guess that's my bad? Yeah. Like, it's just... It makes him look kind of like a clown. Yeah. And also, like, the whole, like, my sister, my responsibility thing. I'm just like, this is back when it had meaning. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially I found in, like, season four or five, they just ran it into the ground. Like, he was saying it, like, every episode. And I was like, "Mm," like, back in the beginning seasons, when he said it, it was so occasional that you were like, oh, his motto. You know, it's like, oh, the thing he says, his big saying. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Oh, my gosh. And always in the best moments. Yay. So, like, but hearing it now, re-watching it, I'm just like, what does that even mean? Yeah. You know? Like, at the time, it was very, it was very much, a, like, a double entendre of, like, she's my responsibility, I'll get her in line. And yeah. she's my responsibility, I have to save her from this. Yeah. Like, at the time, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And, like, like you said, it just, it got so overused in the back half of the series that you're just like, okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So they're still walking and then they hear the ha- the horns of the blockade. Uh, and then Bellamy immediately turns on Pike and he's like, we brought you the Chancellor. And, you know, as an audience member, you're just like flooded with relief at that point that you're mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe we like, can oh, still trust God. Bellamy. Mm-hmm. Like Bellamy's plan, nobody knew what his plan was except for Bellamy at that moment. Because all of the like prisoners who were gagged were like, well, we are pretty big assholes. But- <laughs> So Octavia's translating it and everything, and Pike says to Bellamy, you've killed us all, which is, um, like, one of Desmond's big lines in the Mm, season two finale of Lost. Um, It's like, the season two finale of Lost was the first Desmond episode where we finally started getting his... Desmond is played by Henry Ian Cusick, if you guys don't know. He was like... Because I think they were... I think Jason was like... This show is Lost meets Battlestar Galactica, but it's also its own thing or whatever. So they were like, we need a Lost actor and we need a Battlestar Galactica actor or whatever. <laughs> so their Lost actor was Henry Ian Cusick. But the season two finale of Lost was Desmond's first episode where he, where we explained his backstory and we explained who he was. We saw more of like his big character. And one of his most iconic lines is, you've killed us, you've killed us all. You've killed us. You've killed us all. No. I just saved us all. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they put that here is, like, exciting. Like, I can still see 
the pieces of loss that they grabbed at, in the beginning seasons. I think yeah. they, they lose it. Oh, they definitely lose it because they mm-hmm. go off the rails. Yeah, they lose it and then they sort of are just like stealing things. Like in season yep. six when they're like, it's, a, it's you know, and then they had like the fences around, um, what the frick and a half did they call that thing? The place where they all lived on that, on the planet? Uh, I don't even remember what they called it. Like, sanctum? Like, yeah, Sanctum. That was it. Stupid, first of all. <laughs> Yeah, Sanctum, they called it. And they had, like, the, like, the fence around yeah, the electric, Sanctum. Right? Yeah, and um, and But it was, like, an electricity fence. Yeah. I think that's how Shaw died or whatever. Mm-hmm. On Lost, it's sound. It was sound. Yep. But I was like, that's fully, like, you fully took that. And, you know, when Jason says, I, this is, like, partially Lost, they're allowed to do it because it's not like I stole this from Lost. It's like, this is partially inspired by Lost. this is an homage, Lost. yeah. So it was okay. But I was like, back in the early seasons, they were taking pieces that weren't just like, hey, I'm stealing an idea. It was like they were taking the, like, part of the, like, the feeling the essence. of it. The essence. The yeah. essence, you know? Like, they were getting it, and then, and they just lost it. Yeah. yeah. Lost it. They just went, yeah. Off the rails. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, get rid of Pike, take him away, lift the blockade, and then three of the guards are killed with arrows, and they can tell who not to shoot based on, like, who's gagged and who has a uh, gun to Pike, basically. Mm-hmm. So they come over, they get Pike, and Octavia wants to kill him, but the Grounders need him alive. And Kane is pointing out that they did not get justice for Finn, thanks to Clark. Yep. But we, so we cannot do this again. We can't get, We can't just bring yeah. them a dead person. We have to, like, yeah. let them take it out on him. Yeah. And that's okay, because, like, maybe the audience didn't like Finn, but, like, mm-hmm. the characters liked Finn. Yeah. And so, like, they wanted to save him from, like, this horrible fate. Yeah. But nobody likes Pike. Exactly. So we can just get rid of him. Who cares? Yeah. It's it's fine to have him stabbed 300 yeah. times. Yeah. And, like, honestly, when you make the jump from, what, 24? Mm. How many people Finn killed? It was something like that. I think it might have been 23, which is one of the lost numbers, which is how they were, like, had, like, the sure. essence of lost. It might have been. I don't know. From 20-something deaths to 300 deaths, I think, like, you have it coming yeah. at that point. Yeah. You don't deserve mercy at that point. Mm-hmm. So Pike tries to, like, get at Octavia, but then gets hit by an arrow. I think it's funny that he gets, like, hit in the leg when he literally was just like, hey, shoot Octavia in the leg, just, like, <laughs> 20 minutes ago. So they're Dramatic taking, irony. Yeah. So they're taking him to the new commander, and Kane's like, can I come? And shows his, like, brand, and the guy's <laughs> like, I guess. Sure. Fine. So Kane's like, okay, so he gets to go. And Monty's like, uh, we don't even know who the new commander is. He's like, yeah, but I still... Needed, yeah, but I am in here. Yeah. Kane's like, listen, I feel pretty good about my skills. I think I can talk to them. Uh, not, not knowing that it's Antara. He probably like, I, I mean, I know I don't think he like met Aiden or anything, but he's like, I saw those kids. I can talk to some kids. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, he's so like, he's, I got this. So he tells everyone else to go home and tell everyone what happened. Tell Abby that I will look out for Clark. Yeah, turns out. Kane is leaving, Clark is coming into uh, into Arcadia. And Abby's gone. And Abby's out of here. Oh, my next note was just, oh, his hair is so good. His hair is good. His hair is great. I agree. I yeah. really did that. His hair is good in both this one and Lost. Mm-hmm. He's got good hair. And like, especially up to the beginning of season five, his mm-hmm. hair is great. Yeah. Season five, it gets a little... Dicey. <laughs> yeah. That's a wig. <laughs> so this scene is probably my favorite scene in this storyline because I just like really feel for Kane. Oh, for sure. Um, like, I think that a lot of the things that Kane says to Bellamy, especially when Bellamy is a, is bad guy Bellamy. Oh, for um, sure. Are, is, like, really well spoken and smart. Mm-hmm. So he's like, did you do this for Octavia or did you do it because it was the right thing to do? And Bellamy's like, ugh, whatever. And he's like, no, no, it matters. Which yeah. one you said. Which one you think, whichever one you did it for, it matters. Did yeah. you do it for Octavia? Because that's selfish. Mm-hmm. Or did you do it because it was the right thing? Because that means that you figured out 
what you did wrong. Yeah. And it's different. Yeah. And, like, he was really perplexed at why Bellamy was choosing such wrong things for so long. Mm -hmm. He wants to know if he's, like, figured it out. Yeah. He says, until you understand the difference between those two things, you'll still be lost. I love when he says it. (laughs) I love when he says it. (laughs) So then Monty's obviously upset about his mom. Yeah. Makes sense. And Bellamy's like, it's okay, you're family, you'll work it out. I betrayed my family, and it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. And he looks over at his family, who's, like, actively killing Gilmer, and you know what? He's the rock thrower, so I can't really be mad. Honestly, won't miss him. Yeah, and she's like, blood must have blood, so I think she's still just like, I'm gonna kill you, Bellamy. (laughs) (laughs) This is a threat. Yeah, my punches were not enough. He's like, it's because Bellamy is saying, don't worry, your family, you'll work it out. And then he looks at Octavia, and she's like, bet. Yeah. I'm not planning on working it out. Are you planning on working it out? This is a grudge I'm going to hold for the next seven years. Bellamy's like, in the words of High School Musical 2, we gotta work it out. (laughs) And I gotta work, work, work this out. No. (laughs) We can make this right. The sun will shine. Or whatever. (laughs) Okay, so that is that storyline. We have one storyline left, but first we're gonna really quickly talk about Patreon. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theaficionados. And ours is monthly. We've got some really cool tiers that uh, you can join at to get some really cool stuff. So our $1 tier is early access to every single one of our podcasts. This one comes out a whole week in advance. The $2 one gets you access to our Discord server. $5 gets you 10% off at shopbelux.com, which is where Brittany sells really cool stuff. Uh, Hi Birdie, uh, my Etsy, and, and also part of shopbelux.com, which I sell stuff on. And then also uh, Lost and Found Candle Co., which is actually where uh, new Lost co-host Casey sells candles, some fandom-inspired candles. And I think she had a couple of the 100 ones, but they are discontinued now, as far as I understand. As far as I know, her 100 line is discontinued. Yeah. Now. But she has some other really, really cool ones that smell really good. We have every mm-hmm. single one of them. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. So you can get 10% off of all three of those places at the $5 tier. And then my personal favorite is the $10 tier, uh, which is our Patreon-only podcast, which is called OK Love You Hi. Um, we talk every two weeks for about 45 minutes about whatever we want, whatever um, our listeners want, and uh, it's really fun. It's kind of where we can uh, super just be ourselves, which is really nice. Uh, if you get one tier, you get all of the tiers underneath it, so it's super worth it. Um, and we're actually, as soon as we're done recording this one, gonna go and record an episode <laughs> of our Patreon-only podcast. An episode that I'm really excited Me about. Me too. <laughs> so those like are kind of, sometimes it's just stories from our lives and sometimes it's like top 10 lists of like movies and TV shows and ships and characters. And <laughs> yeah, we have lots of fun over there. So go and check it out for sure. If you can't help us out on Patreon, check out shopylux.com, Hi Birdie, Lost and Found Candle Company. That's a way that you can support us and also get something really cool out of it. And if you can't do any of those things, that's okay. Recommending us to a friend is free. Uh, we'd really appreciate that, whether that be you recommending this podcast or recommending any of our other podcasts, um, including uh, recommending them to yourself. If this is the only one you listen to, maybe check out our other ones. Uh, We'd really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, And our last storyline is the Arcadia storyline, which Sam did the summary for, or the uh, City Light. Correct. It's both. Yeah, both. Okay. At Arcadia, some of my least favorite stuff happens. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Robin both writing storylines that we hate. Yeah. This episode. It's like, I look back on this episode and I'm like, well, uh, that's definitely, you know, two episodes from now is one of my least favorite episodes of the whole show. Like, I don't Agreed. think- No, those are yeah. both in my top, like, five. I don't mm, think about ten. this one as one of my least favorite ones, but then I was like, mm, there's not a lot of other episodes that I like. Like, the acting is very good, mm-hmm. but that's where I draw the line. Like, this episode 
actively makes me sad Mm -hmm. to watch rather than just being a bad episode. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. At Arcadia, Raven is in like full sensory overload mode, trying to block out Allie. Um, this is my literal nightmare, by the way. Um, dear God. Uh, like all of the things in your face like, or like Allie being in your mind? Uh, Allie being in my mind and then all of the stuff that Raven is doing to mm-hmm. block her out. Like, I would have a breakdown mm. very quickly. <laughs> Jaha lurks outside her room with Allie, um, and like a crowd sort of gathers, but Jasper and Abby roll up and, uh, She's just like, hey, dude, you suck. Inside, Raven's plan works and Allie, like, disappears for a second. But then she immediately comes back while Jaha is talking to Abby outside the door and is basically telling Raven that the level of overload necessary to get rid of her permanently is unsustainable. Jasper and Abby get into the room after getting past Jaha and check on Raven and she tells them that she has a plan to get rid of Allie. Elsewhere in the mess hall, Jaha is leading his cult with Allie uh, also Uh, and Allie's just so perplexed why Raven resists because she genuinely thinks that she's offering something good in freedom from pain. Jaha's like, hey, maybe you should stop caring about consent. And Allie's like, "Mm, that's against my programming. And Jaha's like, "Mm, well, you hacked missiles to blow up the world because it was the right thing to do. Maybe you should hack us. Yeah. Good for Becca for being like, okay, well, we only do it with consent. Yeah. Like- if it was even, because I always get confused, because it wasn't Becca's idea to do, like, the chip and everything. Like, no. That was, its, that was its own thing. I think that Allie, like, mutated. Yeah, that's thing, an Allie so. original. Yeah, but it's nice that Becca must have, like, written into her code that we don't do things without consent. Yeah, like, because Becca initially has good intentions with Allie in the first place. Her code just, like, she doesn't build enough safe codes or safeguards in, I guess, to keep Allie from, like, not understanding that level of, like, balancing humanity with necessity. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, Jaha's like, hey, you should hack her programming because she's just a thing you can use, I guess. Mid-conversation, she has a realization about the wristbands, and we cut to Raven explaining her plan to destroy the chip by reverse engineering the wristbands that the kids were initially sent down with, uh, which Abby designed. Abby knows where they are, but... Raven tells her to only tell Jasper so that Allie won't hear. Unfortunately, Allie's, like, already realized that that's what she's looking for. Raven refuses to submit to Allie, and so the AI gives back all of her most painful memories at once. We get flashes of her getting drilled in Mount Weather, Finn dying, and Raven losing the feeling in her leg. Abby and Jasper take her to medical as she gets just worse and worse. Allie just keeps ramping up. Raven's pain until she submits while Jackson just stands there and ignores Abby's pleas for help saving Raven. She basically is like, fine, I'll do it myself. But as she walks away, Allie has fully possessed Raven's body and she's gone, essentially. Not dead, but dormant. Yeah. Jackson then takes the opportunity to knock Abby out. Jasper has booked it um, and has gone after the wristbands, but he he finds them and Jaw has followed him. He Allie's zombies outnumber Jasper, obviously, and he has to watch as Jaha basically destroys all the wristbands. Yeah. When Abby wakes up, she's tied to a chair facing Jaha, Jackson, and Allie Raven. She's not mad, she's just disappointed, Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He tries to explain to her why he did it, and she asks him if he can even remember his mother's name. He can't, but Allie gives her the information anyway. Abby explains that his mother dying was the reason that he became a doctor in the first place, so you're erasing, you're erasing people. They don't care, though. They want Abby to take the chip, and she says, yeah, right, losers, you're destroying people. Jaha's like, lol, okay, uh, but you're in my way. And Abby's like, I don't give a fuck. You can torture me, and I'm still not gonna do it. And Jaha's like, 
oh, bestie, we're not going to torture you. Uh, we'll just kill Raven. And Allie graphically slits Raven's wrists. And then Jahan Jackson just sit there while she bleeds out, not letting Abby save her life unless she takes the key. She's in the City of Light. It's fine. Yeah, sure. She's, she's going to be okay. Yeah. Abby loves Raven, though, and her whole being is, like, based around saving people, so she takes the key, obviously. Eventually, Jasper breaks out of his handcuffs that Jaha put him in, only to find that Abby has fallen. Yeah. <laughs> Good. And uh, Jaha is just giving out keys left and right in the mess hall. Jaha books it back to medical and finds zombie Jasper. Raven. Oh, did I say Jackson? Yeah. Jasper books it back oh, no, to- sorry, you said Jaha. Oh, so many Jesus. J- so many J's. <laughs> J-A. <laughs> Jasper books it back to medical and finds Zombie Raven, but he's not into it, so he knocks her out, and Allie's like, they're taking her, and sends her zombie out and after him, but he has already hopped into the rover, like, good for him, and he's like, see ya, and then busts out, like, through the gate, messing up the paint job, so sorry, Raven. Yeah. And then he nearly runs over Clark just standing there, and she's like, um, what the hell? And he's like, I swear if you don't get in the car right now, I'm leaving you here. He's not happy to see her. The engine stalls out. Clark kicks some guy off the back and then the engine starts up again. But just in time for her to see that Abby is now a zombie. Jaha and Abby say some weird ominous shit about stage two. And that's the end of the episode. So I know that they've already said that like Raven is um, like really influential. Mm -hmm. But now that they have Abby, what do we really need Raven for? You know what I mean? Like, they're like, yes. we need Raven's body. It's very important for, like, all of us are going to try and get Raven's body back. And also, I'm like, but why? Now that they have Abby, why? Right? I would say Abby is more influential than Raven. Like, first of all, Abby is clearly more influential because, like, Abby literally is the only person that was standing between them and just getting everyone else at camp. Yeah. And, like, I think they needed Raven for her mind and, like, they initially oh, wanted yeah. her for um sort of like getting but now that to, she's working against and, like you. convincing them yeah but now she's working against you and i guess they've gotten her she's not working against them because she's so dormant yeah but they need her knowledge i guess to mm-hmm. like prevent i don't know i guess to prevent her from being on the other side yeah. and having enough knowledge to take them down yeah that's a good point but if ally just like keeps her dormant and isn't even in there then they could i mean use she her could anyway she could pick around her brain yeah and like use her information yeah but i guess what i'm also the part of the problem with containing raven and getting her to willingly quotations submit was that they just wanted to not lose her influence in the wrong direction because Mm. her reacting negatively was um making people question whether they should have done this or not yeah um or and whether they should do it or not for the people who haven't taken it yet and so they had to contain her to stop that Mm -hmm. but like if you've got abby now why why do you need raven you're absolutely right i don't i'm not sure it's like after seeing all of this, I'm like, Jasper, really? Like, Jasper does choose to do it. I think, I'm pretty sure that he is, like, restrained, but he doesn't, like, like, I think he was restrained, but I don't think he fought very hard. You know what I mean? Like, if they, like, brought the chip closer and closer to his mouth, he probably was like, well, how am I, how am I gonna fight this now? And he, but, but after seeing what happened to Raven, dude, try harder. You're talking about ja- Jasper taking it. Yeah, at on, like, thing. At yeah. Um, I think that at that point, he's, heartbroken about what happens to raven and like he get he escapes 
Um, I think by then he's just so tired of having had to keep fighting that he doesn't want to keep fighting anymore. Yeah. And he's just like, fine. If this is going to happen, it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Because it's like right after he like had another connection with a girl and she like got murdered in front of his eyes and he's like, that's it. He's like, all right, uh, what's the point of living here? I don't want to anymore. Yeah. Okay. So Raven is overloading Allie and she's reciting The Raven, which is iconic. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, when we get Nevermore next episode it's mm-hmm. like that's the, the reference and it's like that's what you get when you name a character raven they did oh, that on sure. purpose they knew eventually they were gonna have to reference that <laughs> oh it's impressive that she can do pull-ups i cannot even do one pull-up oh right i could maybe do one pull-up i absolutely cannot i could do not one do pull-up <laughs> i could not do multiple pull-ups yeah i just can't <laughs> so Allie's like hey dude uh what's the plan here um what's what's the deal what are we doing like you can't block me out and so she tells Jaha that it's not going to work. And it does work for a second. But she And says, it's very impressive, actually, yeah. that she gets it to work at all. Yeah. And she says to the faces of all of the other City of Light people, she's so much stronger than the rest of you. Bestie, that's my favorite line of work yeah. because it's so shady. To everybody else. <laughs> um, if I was them, I'd be like, okay, that's not like, nice. All right, I guess. So Abby shows up and she wants to talk to her. And Jaha's like, well, Raven's with us now. And Jasper's like, okay. And they're like, why don't we saved her? Do you want saving uh, Jasper? And Abby's like, move, get out of the way or else. (laughs) Raven was able to keep her out for a second, but she got back in because she got tired, right? Yeah. And so uh, she like points out that it's like not possible for her to keep up the exertion that it takes to keep her out. Mm -hmm. Abby refuses to come around to the chip, which is unfortunate foreshadowing. Yep. She says, I'm never going to do it. And Thelonious is like, oh, okay, well, I hope you're doing well, Abby, or whatever. And she's and like, then- I feel great. I kissed my crush last episode. <laughs> I am invigorated. And then it's just the SpongeBob meme a few hours later. Yeah. And then Abby's gone. <laughs> yeah. So she gets in there and Raven asks Abby's help to get it out of her head. Jaha is worried about Raven spreading all of that doubt. And Allie's like, what the heck? I get rid of pain. Mm-hmm. All the humans should want that. I don't get it. I don't know why she doesn't want it anymore. I kind of like this childlike perspective from Allie. Mm-hmm. It, it adds a level of like nuance to the fact that this is a computer code and there are things that she doesn't understand. Yeah. Which I think are cool. Because mm-hmm. to her, it doesn't make any sense why anyone would mm-hmm. not submit to her. Yeah. Um, because she thinks that what she's providing is like the ultimate good in the universe, yeah. which is the relief of pain. She says, that's Um, what humans want. I don't understand any nuance that would make people not want that. Yeah. And then, so it just adds another layer of, like, questionability to, like, what level of evil, I guess, Jaha has reached. Yeah. If he's the one that is convincing the AI that it's okay to take consent away. That's why in season four, when they tried to, like, redeem him. That's why- five when they redeem him, right? No, he dies at the beginning of season five. Yeah, but like, I, in my opinion, he's not redeemed until that episode. I agree. I think, I, but I okay. do think they were like trying, at least trying to redeem him like at the beginning of season four when they were like, ha we pulled a prank on Jaha and put his mattress in the middle of the lake. <laughs> Classic, ha <laughs> And Jaha's like, I, I shaved my head. So, you know, I have a new start. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess, yeah. So it like felt like they were being like, see, Jaha's normal now. He's back to his regular regular Jaha self. We still like that guy, right? And I'm just like, no. After what he did, no. Because he's just like, let's get around the free will that people have. And like, give her back her pain and see how she feels then. That's quite literally torture, which she's already been through. Yeah. So she's like, well, that's coercing complicity. And he's like, 
No. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. And she's like, "Mm, I don't think that's right. He's like, you hacked the missile's programming and now you're hacking ours and it's the same. The missiles don't have brains. The missiles don't have feelings. The missiles don't have pain. Yeah. It's a little different. It's a bit different, bestie. Yeah. And so then Allie, like, randomly starts asking about the wristbands, and that's because Raven's talking about them. Uh-huh. So Raven is explaining them and everything, and Abby's like, please don't mansplain my own invention to me. I literally made <laughs> She's them. like, I was there. So she wants to reverse the transmitter and shock Allie out of her brain. Jasper is worried that it could hurt her if she's wrong, and Raven sees Allie's face, and she's like, oh my gosh, no, I'm totally right. So she's like, why are you doing, oh my god, Raven, why are you doing this? And Raven's like, because you took my memories. And I think that she does, it, like, Lindsay does a really great job. That's oh, a very yeah, good line. Oh, yeah, she absolutely does. Lindsay, I think, mm-hmm. probably does the best in this episode of anyone. And next episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's really her, uh, if, if you were to hand an episode for... The Emmy, Emmys Emmy for, consideration. for the hundred, you mm-hmm. would hand this one or next episode to for Lindsay. Yeah. Um, but this is a CW show and we're not doing that. <laughs> so they're like, do we have any wristbands? Maybe we do have some extras. So then every chipped person's gonna start looking for them. Abby says that she knows where they are, but she's like, don't say it in front of me or she's gonna know like immediately. So she whispers it to Jasper instead. And Allie's like, take it back, tell him not to do that. And she's like, No, I'm I do what I want. And she's like, "Mm, okay. So she gives Raven all of her pain back and she's like collapsing and screaming. I I did want to say like, I really like when we've sort of skirted past it now, but Mm -hmm. um, I like when Abby says that she invented the wristbands and like this sort of collaboration between her and Raven, because you don't always get to see them in like the STEM side of things. Mm -hmm. And they're both STEM. Women in STEM. Yeah. Women in STEM. (laughs) And so like, it's fun to see them like collaborate on something like that. Which is, like, how their, like, relationship exactly. originated in the first place. That's how they related to each other mm-hmm. at first, yeah. So they're like, oh my god, get her to medical. And I do not want to see these very scary flashes. Uh, they scare me. Um, <laughs> and there's, like, a Lost episode that has similar flashes that I have, like, a hard time watching. It's one of, like, I want to say one of two episodes of Lost that I can't, like, actively just put on at any time. Because, mm-hmm. like, they just have these, like, loud noises and these flashes to, like, a needle being inserted places. Yeah. And, like, I just don't want to see that. I'm sc- I'm squeamish. Stop. I think that my... I've either seen The 100 so many times to be desensitized by it, or uh, you and I have very different levels of, mm-hmm. like, squeamishness about needles and stabbing. Yeah. Because you were raised on a farm. <laughs> it's true. So it doesn't bother me as much, but it is still, like, ugh. Yeah. So they get to medical. Abby's asking Jackson for a reaper stick, and Raven just continues to suffer, and Jackson's, and like, not going horrible. to get it. He's just standing there, and, yeah. like... Abby's having this horrible realization that, like, not only is she actively losing Raven right now, but she's already lost Jackson because yeah. he's just standing there. Yeah, she looks at him with, like, the most, she's like, like, horrified look. Yeah, because yeah. she knows, but she can't do anything about it right now because she's literally trying to save Raven from, like, immediately dying. Yeah. So she's like, submit and I'll make it stop. And she's like, okay, fine. And she's like, submit permanently and fully. And she's like, well, like, what else am I supposed to do? Okay, sure. Like, what else am I supposed to do? Just die? Yep. So Raven starts speaking as Allie, and she's like, I have full access to Raven. Lindsay is so crazy here. Uh, It's crazy. Yeah, she does really, really, like, amazing work. And then Jackson stabs Abby with the stick instead, which, like Katie said in the email, doesn't make sense. Doesn't work like that. He should have just whacked her really hard in the head. Yeah. That would have been- That would have worked. Well, I'm assuming- Mm-hmm. Medical professional confirm, please? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Jasper goes, finds the wristband, and Jaha wants it, and Jasper's like, no! But a bunch of a bunch of chipped people enter and take it, and at first I was like, oh my god, 
That happened so fast, like he must not have tried very hard. But in reality, it was like two against one. And I think that he actually did try a lot. Oh, a for lot, sure. But- like, there's no way that Jasper, a fairly scrawny kid who yeah. definitely doesn't get enough to eat, mm-hmm. can fight off grown men twice his size. Yeah, Roderick from uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid can't do much, <laughs> you know? So they handcuff Jasper to the wall, and Jaha smashes the wristband right in front of him. And my other note was just, like, how does Jasper, after seeing all of this, willingly take it later? But we talked about that already. Like, willingly take the chip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, Abby wakes up restrained. Jackson, Jaha, and, like, Allie Raven are there. Um, and Abby's immediately just so disappointed in Jackson. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we're doctors. Like, this is, and this is, like, helping us do our job. It's like, it's awesome. It's amazing. And then she's like, do you remember your mom's name? I think this scene is really lovely. And I think that it explains so much about Jackson. Oh, Like, yeah. a background of Jackson that we really did not get much of. Mm-hmm. What I am disappointed about, and I understand, like, this is how the story is going, so, like, it's not really possible for him to do it, but, like, the fact that Suchin didn't get to say this stuff or even, like, be able to react to this... Mm. Like, I know how much Suchin loved Jackson and, like, how much he really felt like he understood him. Like, every question that you asked Suchin at Unity Days about Jackson, he always had an answer and it was always about, like, the greater good and, and helping people. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes me sad rewatching this and seeing, like, how Suchin doesn't even get to, like act that it really just were telling not showing here and i would have liked to see more about this with jackson who was not a main character but a character who was there for all of the seasons that's you know? true i will say though that i don't as much as i love Sachin and i think he's very passionate and very like thinks very in depth about his characters mm-hmm. i won't say that he's a very strong emotional actor mm. in my opinion so i'm i think that this sort of like creepy heartbreaking sinister way that it plays out is more compelling maybe mm. than what might have happened sure. the other way i think that he needs more comedy roles i don't think oh like, for I don't sure think, has he ever even done a comedy role i don't know but he should Because he's very funny. Yes, I agree. So she says Mary Jackson died in her son's arms after an illness. And uh, it's I do believe this was the first time that we learned that Jackson was his last name. Mm -hmm. I think that we probably like had an idea that that was true. But I think this was the first time that we like actively learned that it was his last name and not his first name. And I think it still takes a minute for us to learn what his first name is, right? It does. Yeah, it's in season four Yeah, when we understand. Because uh, they're like reading it out on the list that mm-hmm. Clark had to make. So she's like, so who am I speaking with? Is this Allie? And she's like, yes, it is me. Yeah. How dare she wear that raven necklace that Finn made for her? I'm just like, you are not raven. Take that no, off. No, it's horrible. And it's, ugh, it's just so sinister. So... Abby is explaining that Mary's death is what made Jackson want to be a doctor. And so why would you taking that be good? And so they're like, see for yourself. And she's like, ha, no, I want to talk to Raven. She's busy. She's <laughs> in the inside part. <laughs> no. So they're like, listen, we need you to do this so that people believe that it's safe. And she's like, I don't believe that it's safe. So I don't want people I'm not going to do this. Like, you, you, could, you can say mm-hmm. all of the things that you want to say, and I'm still not going to do it. Yeah. You can literally torture her, and she's still not going to do it. And then Jaha's like, oh. no prob. Jaha, he immediately also does the, thi- the same thing when he's getting Kane to consent yes. to taking the ship. Because um, it worked the first time. Well, yeah, and I think it's a very... Just another level of just how sinister, and I've evil. said that multiple well, times, but like how sinister his actions are yeah. in this episode and the rest of the season, because he's the one convincing Allie to forego consent, and he's also the one like out here going above the level of torture and threatening the lives of 
mindless loved ones mm-hmm. who can't do anything to fight back to force people to consent. And, like, it makes me uncomfortable, but I'm also, like, this is a narrative trope that I, like, enjoy for the drama of it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it makes you feel more compassion, I think, and, like, heartache for whoever it's being done to. Like, yeah. you, your heart aches for Kane when Jaha holds a gun to Abby's head. Your heart mm-hmm. aches for Abby when, like, Raven is literally bleeding out in front of her. And they it, almost do it to Clark, I think. In the yeah. Scene. They basically just Oh, they keep definitely, doing it. they do yeah. do it to Clark, um, cause they have Abby hang herself. Yeah. I can't say that I actively, like, liked Jaha that much in the first two seasons. I didn't hate him, but I didn't mm-hmm. really like, he wasn't one of my favorites or no. anything. He was just like, but fine. like, it's weird because he is sort of painted as like a John Locke character of like this man of faith and morals. Mm. And like, like he's a leader and everyone like respects him. Yeah. You know? And then we come here and it's like, what sort of malevolent thoughts have you been having about these people that you were like ready with this? Yeah. You know? Like he's like, it's different for everybody else, but like, I know what will work for Abby. Like I know. Mm-hmm. Like she saved your life a million times. Whatever. Yeah. So it, it would make more sense to me if he had, if the level of, like, asphyxia that he had suffered, like, before he came down, mm. or, like, his wandering through the desert to find the City of Light house and everything, if his time, or, like, before he comes to Arcadia, if in that time he had, like, severely damaged his mental capacity, mm-hmm. I might believe the level of evil is just, like, a side effect of his brain deteriorating. Mm-hmm. But it's not, and he didn't, so it's just him being, like, a bad person. And yeah. It's, and I'm like, it makes sense, because it's Isaiah Washington. Yeah. <laughs> Who is actively a bad guy. Yep. So she's like, no, you're stealing people's minds, and they're like, no, we're freeing them. Oh, shut and I'm up. like, I don't shut want up. my mind to be free. You know? I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, uh, that's mine. Keep it in the cage of my skull, please. <laughs> I don't want it going anywhere. No. I just, like, I completely agree that, like, have I suffered pain in my life? Absolutely. But I wouldn't, like, trade any of it because it's what made me who I am. And, like, granted, I haven't gone through the type of pain that Raven has gone through or that Jasper has gone through, certainly. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to get rid of it. So she's like, I'll never take the key, even if you torture me. She is very brave. Uh, I would do just about anything if you tortured me. (laughs) You could literally, like threaten to torture me you start putting like a knife under me underneath my fingernail and i'm like okay what do you want to know <laughs> don't do that honestly it depends on the severity mm-hmm. of what you're trying to get out of me yes, and what fair. you do to me yeah, yeah whether i'm fair. speaking or not yeah, yeah yeah so they're like oh it's okay we're not torturing you we're killing raven and like i said i'm so squeamish i couldn't i i have to look away for this part like you're scary scary i don't want to see it um so they're like just take the key and we'll let you save her and uh even if she if you let her die and you don't take the key like okay her body will die but her mind will live in the city of light so it's fine either way none of us care um so she collapses and abby like takes the key and is untied and saves raven because she's abby and she has to yeah it's it's hard to watch yeah it is it is so Jasper elsewhere is still chained up. <laughs> elsewhere. Um, somehow, I mean, it would take yeah. a significant amount of time to yank the yeah. handcuffs out like he mm-hmm. does. So he breaks free. It's like, but, but like Abby clearly wasn't out for very long, just like the way that mm. Octavia wasn't out very long before. So I'm just like, what even is the point of these Reaper Six medically, really? If they're not gonna, they don't even like knock you out for very long. Let's, uh, I think that they were invented long, just in order to knock the Reapers out long oh, enough yeah. for them to like, hit get them. Away. 
to do whatever they needed to oh, do yeah. to like restart their hearts and or to like fix restrain them. them and stuff like to restrain them to fix them basically yeah. yeah so he breaks free and he sees abby helping jaha give out chips and he's like ah crap <laughs> <laughs> he's like ah damn it Crime. i'm alone so Abby's being like, everything is true. I took it myself. <laughs> and all the other people are like, well, if Abby says so, I guess. <laughs> so Jasper goes to tell Raven and he sees her all bandaged up and everything. And she's like, oh, hey, Jasper. Sorry if I scared you. Everything is fine. Do you want a chip? <laughs> uh, he's like, well, that's weird because you were just like begging to get that out of your head. And she's like, Haha, I was wrong. I'm crazy like that sometimes. Raven. <laughs> he's like, do you oh. want the chip? <laughs> and he's like, uh, okay, I'm just going to grab this thing right here just real quick yeah. zoink and he knocks her out and i'm just like but for some reason she's out for a way longer time than abby or octavia have been okay well i i think that it's because raven's brain is so dormant right now oh sure let's because let, it's been so i mean weird. sure we, we Here, have to explain I'm just it making ourselves things up so the science isn't real yeah yeah, my note, my note, next note is just the use of the Reaper sticks is just so much. It's like every single thing they're like, we need to do something, let's just use the Reaper sticks. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not creative at some point. It gets to the point where you're like, can we do something else? Yep. You know? So Allie knows that Raven is being taken, and so everyone starts following Jasper. He takes Raven in the rover, and he like crashes through the gate and is like, sorry about the rover, Raven. I know <laughs> how much you love it. Did he not even like strap her down? She's just like... He didn't have the time, no, Robin. I know, I know, but she's, he's just like, sorry, Raven, and you look back, and she's just like, whoa, like, just like, <laughs> flailing around the back. Does this thing even have seatbelts? Mm, we have to look back at 301. <laughs> I wonder if they do. So then Clark shows up, and Jasper's like, oh my god, of course it's you, who I'm actively angry at. I'm not gonna leave you, though, because I'm a good guy. Get in right now. And she's like, oh, well, I need to see Lincoln, though. And he's like, well, I don't care. Bad news. And she's like, what? And he's like, this is not the time to have a conversation. Let's go. And she goes, well, what do you mean Lincoln is dead? What else is there to mean, Clark? Clark, get in the damn car. God, you're so annoying. She's like, but Lincoln needs to take me to Luna. He's like, dude, shut up. Shut up, shut up, and get in the car, Get in the car or I'm running you over. Yeah, exactly. So I went on, um, I think I got this from the Wikipedia, the, the, the hundred wiki about this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, I got it from IMDb because those are the two places that I look for, um, fun facts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found this one. It says Jasper tries to, oh, um, it's kind of like our segment in Stranger Things called, uh, actually, which is when people like go in and like, talk about details that like doesn't really matter but it's kind of interesting i guess (laughs) jasper tries to get away from arcadia in the rover which was previously described as completely solar powered i.e electric when jasper drives through the gate the rover stalls which is something that can happen to a combustible engine but not an electric powered engine (laughs) so there that that's not what happened and then lastly clark sees abby ali says when raven wakes up we'll see where she is and we'll find everybody else and then arcadia has fallen stage two creepy yeah it's bad yeah. it's bad and i don't like it well at the end of the episode we're, f- we're at the part where we're like okay so we've lost all hope yeah you know exactly there's you know the polis storyline ended and i'm like i feel gross about that the bellamy storyline ended and i'm like okay well there's, well, maybe. there's something there and then but like, you know that they're heading into a lion's den yeah exactly and then at the end of the last storyline which is the end of the episode you're like Okay, everything's bad. Like, I have no hope for the next episode. You gotta give me something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And and I think, honestly, for the rest of the series, they continually do that thing of, like, oh, no, we're at the last hope, and then the last hope disappears, and then they're like, well, I guess we're still here. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's the episode. Um, now it's time for segments. Uh, our first segment is uh, uh, the post-apocalyptic sass watch, aka our favorite line award. I didn't think that this episode was particularly funny, so I had to give it to Clark and Jasper for. I needed to take Dinaluda. He's the only one who knows where. Shut up! I don't care. Okay. Shut up! I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I can't help but respect him for that. He was right for that. Yeah, yeah. I can't help but relate. (laughs) And my favorite line award is the one I mentioned earlier, which goes to Allie for... She's so much stronger than the rest of you. So much stronger than the rest of you losers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And who are you guys even compared to her? Like, it's so shady. And, like, it's extra funny because... Like I said, the stuff about Allie mm-hmm. is sort of like not understanding the nuances of yeah. human emotion. So it's, she's not even realizing that she's being shady. She's yeah. just stating a fact. And all the zombies are like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's literally like, they're taking Raven. Stop. She's my favorite. <laughs> my segment is what is Sam shipping the most? While I will on this podcast with the, the I don't know, handful of youths hanging in there that know who I am, I will openly admit that I did ship Abby and Raven, uh, as like a fanon couple, but I am going to give it to them anyway in this episode, platonically mm-hmm. and ultimately romantically. I'm still obviously shipping Cabby the most, yeah. Because um, like even just that little crumb of like tell Abby I'll look after Clark, like yeah, of course. But like the relationship that affects me the most in this episode is the one between Raven and Abby. However you interpret it, yeah, great. And my other segment is Robin's Murphy moment. Um, <laughs> Bellamy is sort of getting to be a better person, and let's just ignore what happened with Murphy. Yikes. Like I say every episode, Robin's Murphy moment is really gonna shine in season one. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna have several Murphy moments in season sure, one. Sure. You can do like a top three. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you're so inclined, you could review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. That would be great. We'd really appreciate it. We would. Thank you to our roommates, Brittany and Emily, for their cooperation and uh, so much respect while we record this uh, very trying podcast. Yeah, so true. Um, and thank you to Brittany for her shout-outs during this episode. Yeah. You're welcome. We love to hear from her. <laughs> uh, if you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. We have done an episode for every single episode of Riverdale. We recently passed a hundred episodes, um, which means a hundred episodes of that podcast. I'm horrified that I've spent that much time on it. Um, and yet you're here to spend that much time on this. It's true, which is also a hundred episodes. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I, other people like it. So I like doing it because I like making people smile. <laughs> so, um, Um, A lot of people listen to that podcast without even watching the show, so you can also do that if you want. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we also like to talk about that show. We are eagerly awaiting season four, and we have covered every episode of that show so far as well. Yeah, catch up before season four starts, because we're going to do like an episode of our first reactions when it comes out. There are significantly less than 100 episodes out, so it is much more attainable. Yes, so true. If you're a fan of Lost, uh, I talked about it more than I expected this episode. So sorry. (laughs) Uh, But we also talk about that show. We are in the back half of season three we're almost done um we have guests over there it's our longest podcast and we also have a spoiler section at the end so you can listen to it along with us if you are watching for the first time i would be honored you can follow the aficionados on twitter facebook tumblr instagram redbubble youtube you know where we are yeah yeah Yeah. uh our patreon like i said earlier is patreon.com slash the aficionados if you like what we do here please consider donating because it is really expensive um lots of really cool tiers like i said if you can't do that check out shopylux.com hi birdie or lost and found candle company 
And if you can't do any of those, just recommend us to a friend. Uh, this podcast or any of our other podcasts, we really appreciate that. Thank you. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Sam Casey's, which is S A M C A S E Y S. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R O B Y N E J E F F R E Y, pretty much everywhere. Our next episode is episode 311. Uh, it is Nevermore, which I feel like is a um, anticipated episode, which is kind of exciting. Uh, it's going to be coming out on March 30th. Uh, but if you're a Patreon sponsor of any level, uh, you would get it on March 23rd. So um, I don't know. It seems like it's worth it. Sounds like it to me. Yeah. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.